Panning the Globe to bring you the latest in Disney news. This is Mouse Planet Watch. Welcome to Mouse Planet Watch for July 19th, 2007. And now, the news. We start off Mouse Planet Watch, as always, with the Walt Disney World update. Uh, new games have been put up, and they are up and running in the Soren queue. That's right, they are new games on the old screens that used to have the scenic pictures. They now are using heat and motion sensors to detect movement in the groups of people in the queue area. So, for example, there's one game where you can control a bird flying through the forest, and if everybody in the queue leans left, the bird turns to the left. If you lean to the right, the bird turns to the right. And uh, apparently it's doing so well that the people in the queue are tending not to notice that the line is moving and they're opening big gaps in the queue and people are telling them, stop playing, you got to go because you want to get on the ride. So um, <laughs> apparently the new uh, games are helping tremendously in take some of the uh, boredom out of the long waits for Soren. So that's great. Well, about a fourth of the weight of Soren anyway. Right. Disney has now signed on another professional sports team to make use of the wide world of sports complex. They started out with the Atlanta Braves and added the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Orlando Magic. And now the Chelsea Football Club from the British Premier League has signed on to become the official professional soccer club of Disney's Wide World of Sports and presenting sponsor of the Disney Soccer Showcase Series. So the Chelsea name is going to be on all of the soccer events at the complex. They're also going to have an educational exchange program where at least one Chelsea Academy team will compete at the complex while a winning team from a selected Disney soccer tournament is going to travel to train at Chelsea's Academy and watch a Chelsea home match. And they're also going to look to see if they can expand that even more. Ah, Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Inn and Cafe. The rustic atmosphere. The western decor. The touchscreen self-service ordering kiosks. Just doesn't Lim- seem to limit, fit. Remember, Mark, limit 28 alcoholic beverages. <laughs> yes, we did test it at... Um, the touchscreen uh, kiosks at at, uh, Captain Cook's. Yes. But they are indeed testing out the touchscreen kiosks at Pecos Bills. They are doing their best to make them match the decor. Uh, The kiosks look somewhat rustic, and the screens have a frontier-like look, but it's still a touchscreen in the western frontier. Um, Good. So... We'll see how it goes. It's it's apparently just a test, and the regular ordering lines are still available if we want human interaction. We'll see how this uh, goes as we proceed. I vote for more screens. I like touchscreen ordering. It ensures the correct meal because I'm one to special order lots of different things because of my allergies. So I'm a I'm a fan of touchscreen ordering. But however, it does take out a cast member role. Which pulls me the other direction. Yeah. Um, the Arebus Brothers shop, which moved from 
near the bakery to the old market house location is expanding into the long vacant Disney and Company space on Center Street, which is adjacent to the market house space. They're taking the walls surrounding the front stock room down. Uh, they're going to build new walls to divide the space, redo the ceilings, the, redo the wall bays, uh, remove and replace the fixtures with new ones that are themed for the Arebus products. They're going to set up all of the furnace and other equipment used to uh, do the glass blowing, uh, a new exhaust duct, HVAC, and they're going to replace the carpeting. So that's some major work, and then Arebus Brothers will be much larger, and there will be more open doors on Center Street, or at least East Center Street, since West Center Street was swallowed up by the Emporium. Also, the new Fantasia merchandise shop at the Contemporary Resort is going to be um, just north of the new Games Arcade. Um, we'll see how that uh, turns out. And uh, one item that we hinted at in the park update uh, that we have gotten some more information about is that we've got some information on what might have been for Epcot's 25th anniversary. There had been plans at one point to try to put together a month-long celebration that would have featured a different event each day or so for each of the previous 25 years, one day for each year plus special days on the first and last day and a couple of others in between. But that was shut down because Disney did not want to distract from the Year of a Million Dreams promotion. Now, apparently, with Year of a Million Dreams having some difficulty on the Florida end, at least, uh, they are looking to possibly come up with something to do for the Epcot event, perhaps a one-man's-dream-type display somewhere in Future World, but there's nothing concrete yet. We're going to try to follow up and see if we can get some more information on this. But at this point, uh, this is all we have. We're going to see if we can get some more stuff for next week's Walt Disney World update. Do you think there's a chance Disney will not really do much of anything? Well, they are going to do something. In response to a e an emailed question... Um, Walt Disney World Media Relations said that, uh, quote, we will celebrate our anniversary on October 1st, and we have some exciting plans in place, including several events for our cast members. Many of them have been here since opening day. We have also planned a few special surprises for our guests on our anniversary. So they are planning something, but we don't know what it is, and I will continue to see if I can get something from Disney with a little more information on that. But in the meantime, that's all we've got for the Walt Disney World Park update. All of that information and more is available online in the Monday Walt Disney World Park update, which comes to you each week at mouseplanet.com. For more Walt Disney World news and information, check mouseplanet.com slash Walt Disney World. Back to you, Mike. And now let's see what's happening on the other coast. With Andrew Rich away from Mouse Planet Global Headquarters and live from Disneyland Park. 
Thanks, guys, and hey, howdy, hey, everyone. Andrew Rich here with your Mouse Planet Disneyland Resort update for the week of July 16th through 22nd. This week coming to you live... From Disneyland's 52nd birthday celebration, a celebration which, even for an off year, seems oddly understated. The park has scheduled a rededication ceremony to occur just prior to the daily flag retreat, and cast members are sporting the usual birthday buttons, but that's it. The Disneyland Resort issued a press release last week detailing all of the new and returning elements to this year's Halloween time promotion. It would appear that guest reaction to the resort's first forays into the Halloween market in 2005 and 6 were enough to prompt a bigger effort for this coming year. Highlights of Halloween time include a new cavalcade, sort of a mini parade added to Mickey's Halloween treat, a candy corn acres overlay in DCA's Sunshine Plaza where Goofy will harvest giant candy corn produce, and a few other magical treats for the season. Details are in this week's Disneyland Resort update on Mouse Planet. A sharp-eyed Mouse Planet reader alerted us to Disneyland's announced discounted rates for annual pass holders at the Disneyland Resort hotels this fall. Rates start at $149 per night for stays at the Paradise Pier Hotel from August 19th to September 1st, or $129 per night from September 2nd to November 19th and the 25th through December 15th. Rates are, of course, higher at the Disneyland Hotel and Grand Californian Hotel and for Park View or concierge-level rooms. One reader booked a concierge-level room at the Grand Californian for only $279 per night. Disney allocates a limited number of rooms for this offer, and some readers have already reported that the dates they wanted were sold out. You can call 714-956-MICKEY to see if rooms are available for your next trip and ask for rate plan AP4. There is a limit of two rooms per pass holder, and only one member of your party needs to be a pass holder to receive this rate. Several readers have also asked if you need to be a pass holder at the time you make the reservation, and the answer is no, you only need to be a pass holder at the time you check in. This means you can book now, but hold off on buying or renewing your pass until you arrive, but make sure you have a valid pass before you try to check in or your rate will skyrocket. Readers also alerted us that Disneyland is once again offering a fourth night free promotion, but details about the popular package are elusive and sometimes conflicting. MouseSavers.com reports that the offer is valid at the three Disneyland Resort hotels for arrivals September 3rd through December 12th, subject to blackout dates and availability. A number of Good Neighbor hotels are also participating in the promotion and seem to have their own individual participation dates. Our best advice is to call a travel agent that specializes in Disney travel, such as Mouse Planet sponsor Small World Vacations, or the Walt Disney Travel Company directly to see if the offer is available for the dates and hotel you're interested. While the standard package appears to include theme park tickets, at least one Mouse Planet reader and annual pass holder received a room-only quote, so be sure to ask if you don't need admission tickets during your trip. If you've already booked a trip that is four nights or longer during these promotion dates, it may be worth asking if your state qualifies for the offer. You may be required to pay a nominal change fee, but that will be more than offset by the savings. As the Anaheim City Council prepares to meet this week to schedule a pair of Disney-backed ballot measures for vote, both sides in the battle are making news with their latest maneuver, and a last-minute compromise may be in the works. A Disney-sponsored group, Save Our Anaheim Resort, helped collect signatures to qualify two measures for the ballot, a referendum that would overturn a council decision that could allow developer SunCal to build residential units on a plot of land in the Anaheim Resort District, and a ballot initiative that would require voter approval for any future 
housing proposals in the area. According to the Orange County Register, a SunCal-backed group known as the Coalition to Protect and Defend Anaheim plans to ask the City Council to place a counter-proposal on the ballot. This new ballot proposal would require voters to approve any new development on a Disney-owned 52.9-acre plot in Anaheim, including new hotels or theme parks. The Register quoted CPDA Chairwoman Diana Singer as saying, quote, it's just about making it even, leveling it all out. Everyone plays by the same rules, end quote. If the council declines to place the SunCal measure on the ballot, the group could collect signatures to qualify the initiative for a future election. Meanwhile, a Disney-sponsored economic study predicts that the city would only realize tax revenue of $1.5 million per year from SunCal's proposed residential development, compared to potential tax revenue of almost $13 million per year if the 26-acre parcel is developed into a hotel and commercial project. The Register reports that SunCal will ask the City Council to commission an independent study and quotes SunCal consultant Frank Elfend as saying, quote, this is as phony as asking a tobacco company to determine the smoking effects of cancer, end quote. If you've managed to follow all of this so far, here's another twist. The Orange County Register reported Sunday evening that Disney and SunCal may have reached a compromise during the weekend meeting and may ask the city council to postpone Tuesday's vote. Disney's spokespeople told the Register that they did not have any information about a compromise and a SunCal representative said details would be forthcoming shortly. A strike for the Orange County Transportation Authority may have ended. OCTA reported Sunday that they have reached a tentative contract with the union and drivers are scheduled to meet this morning to vote to ratify the new contract. If the contract is approved, some drivers would return to work shortly. OCTA had previously announced that two additional lifeline routes would begin service today to accommodate riders left stranded by the strike action. A current schedule of routes is available at the OCTA website, which we've helpfully linked from the show notes. The only current attraction closure to report is in Disney's California Adventure, where most but not all of the Midway games at Paradise Pier have now closed for an unknown duration for construction of the Toy Story Mania attraction. And finally, we've received a report that a new interactive Mr. Potato Head character was installed and tested at Disney's California Adventure last week and has since been removed. The area has been covered with a construction wall. That's all for this week. For the latest Disneyland Resort news and information, check mouseplanet.com slash Disneyland. For Mouse Planet Watch, this is Andrew Rich at Carnation Plaza Gardens, Disneyland, USA. Mark and Mike, back to you. Thanks, Andrew. Mark, what's going on with the rest of the Walt Disney Company itself? Well, we've got a whole lot of information. Uh, first off, Disney is issuing $1.1 billion in unsecured notes. In other words, those are debt securities that they are selling on the market. Uh, the securities are being rated A- minus by... Fitch and Standard and Poor's, so they should be able to get a good rate on that. Of the securities, 750 million of them are going to be three-year floating rate notes, while the other 350 million are in 10-year notes. Uh, no word yet on what they're planning to use the cash for. In China, the Magic Gourd, the Walt Disney Company's first locally produced motion picture in China is actually doing very well. It's taken in in excess of 2 million U.S. dollars in its first two weeks, 
which makes it the second highest grossing Chinese language picture for the year so far, which I guess says a lot about the Chinese box office. The still Disney-owned Power Rangers, uh, they haven't been sold off yet, are going to have a big celebration of their 15th anniversary at Comic-Con International in San Diego on Sunday, July 29th, uh, Kids' Day at the con. They are going to have a special uh, display, uh, a Wall of Legends historical display showcasing the actual helmets worn by each Red Ranger from the TV show. They're going to unveil a new set of limited edition 15th anniversary action figures and a new Mega Mission helmet, which is a wearable Red Ranger helmet that connects to the internet to download role-playing missions. They're going to have an attempt to help the Power Rangers get a place in the National Toy Hall of Fame and Museum, a the debut of the Power Rangers Super Legends video game, excuse me, not a debut, a demo, and they're going to have it from 2 to 4 p.m. at the Disney Consumer Products booth number 3713, uh, but you will have to pay for admission to the Comic-Con. So it's a fairly steep price if you're just going to see the Rangers. It's 15 bucks for adults and 7 bucks for kids 12 to 17 and seniors age 60 and up. And if Miley Cyrus wasn't enough Cyrus for you, guess what? Her dad is making a comeback. That's right. Billy Ray Cyrus has signed with Walt Disney Records, and he has an album coming out on Tuesday. The first song from the album, called Ready, Set, Don't Go, is going to be featured on an episode of Hannah Montana on Saturday. And so they're going to launch the song on the show and then launch the album on Tuesday. And they've also been, they've already launched it in music videos for about, for about the past week so far, too. That's true as well. But don't expect to uh, hear Achy Breaky Heart on there. Uh, it's uh, new songs or uh, new recordings of. Um, Older songs, such as uh, Brown-Eyed Girl, You've Got a Friend, Put a Little Love in Your Heart, and Over the Rainbow. So that should be fairly interesting to listen to. Uh, What's the title of the album? The title of the album is Home at Last. Hey, you know, from listening to the music video and Billy Ray overall, I'd rather listen to him than Miley Cyrus, personally. Okay. That's one vote for uh, Billy Ray over Miley. Um, What about you? I'm not overly interested in either of them, but that's just me. If you are looking forward to the debut of High School Musical 2, you can overload to your heart's delight when the movie debuts on Friday night, August 17th at 8 p.m. They are going to run High School Musical 2. The next night, Saturday, August 18th at 8 p.m., they're going to have a Wildcat Chat rerun where viewers can send questions to the stars during the telecast of the movie. And then on Sunday, August 19th at 8 p.m., they're going to have a sing-along telecast that will feature song lyrics visible on the screen that are also available for printing online. 
Um, those 8 p.m. times are Eastern. Check your local listings to see what time it is in your neck of the woods. That's the exact same lineup they did for the original High School Musical. Did they do it three nights in a row? I, I thought that they only did it uh, maybe one or two. Nope, they did it three nights in a row. Um, I remember, Mark, I was on a leave from working at Disney during that time, and I had nothing else to do. Ah, nothing like overdosing on High School Musical. Yeah, especially on vacation. Okay. If you're a member of the Disney Movie Club, you have probably received a, an email or a letter from Disney informing you that your credit card information may have been compromised. A person who worked for Alta Resources, the credit card order processing company that's been handling the Disney Movie Club for the last 10 years, suddenly decided that he was going to steal the credit card numbers and try to sell them. Uh, He was caught in an undercover sting. As far as they know, no credit card information was offered to anyone except for the undercover agents, and uh, there's no indication that they were used to buy anything. But just beware, just in case something has indeed happened to your credit card numbers. Uh, And I remember the Disney Movie Club. Okay. On to something up Mike's Alley, Disney Interactive Studios. It's video game time. At the E3 Media and Business Summit this year, which was held last week, there was a lot of information coming from Disney. For starters, um, they have announced D-Gamer, a new online community initiative that's going to be included in all Disney Interactive Studios' Nintendo DS games starting in May 2008. It's going to be an interactive uh, community based from Disney.com. They're going to have the ability to share stuff from your games, chat about the games, compare high scores with your friends, and so forth. And uh, it will also be eventually linked to PC games as well. They've also announced several new titles coming out. Um, One coming out under the Touchstone name, rather than the Disney name, is Turok, which is due to be released in February and has been done by Disney's Propaganda Games subsidiary in Vancouver. It's a is that Turok Dinosaur Hunter? Well it's it's um similar. It's it's that same universe. Um Turok is now hunting down his former mentor Roland Kane. Um so it's it's in that universe, it's a new take on it. And um, it's a first-person shooter game, so obviously it's not going to be under the Disney name, but it is under the Touchstone name. It's going to be released on the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 platforms on February 5th. Coming in May of 2008, the initial game that will bring the D-Gamer connection to everyone is the Chronicles of Narnia Prince Caspian. It's going to pick up where Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe left off, and of course it will be targeted to premiere alongside the movie, Prince Caspian. Uh, it's going to be released on the 
PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Wii, PlayStation 2, Nintendo DS, PlayStation Portable, and Windows PC. Um, that will be released in May 2008. And now, the one that Mike's been waiting for, you know what's coming, Mike, Spectrobes 2. Oh, joy. <laughs> Spectrobes 2 for the Nintendo DS will be released in fall 2008. Apparently, while Mike thinks it's not worthy of anything, it's selling well enough that they've come out with a second edition of Spectrobes. Uh, it's going to introduce new Spectrobes and a new enemy known as Crux, and you'll have the opportunity to play as both Gina and Rallin. I know well, considering the, uh, it has to be up the alley of everyone else, right now it, its sales rank is 558, 8th place out of 40,000 titles of all systems, and it dropped 94 spots last week. So, might be selling well enough for Disney to do a, uh, to do a sequel of it, but let's just remember how many Hannah Montana and That's So Raven and the Sweet Life games there have been, so that's not necessarily a high benchmark. Hmm. Okay, and also from E3, there was news that Disney-branded games ranked first in North American sales among all third-party published Nintendo DS games for 2006. That includes all the stuff that was published by Disney Interactive Studios, as well as the licensed properties such as the Disney Pixar titles that were published by THQ. Uh, overall, just amongst the publishers, Disney Interactive Studios is f was fourth in Nintendo DS game sales in 2006, up from 10th in 2005. It's also third in Game Boy Advance sales. Continuing along on the video game front, Disney has now acquired its fifth game production studio as uh, Junction Point Studios, owned by um, industry veteran Warren Spector, has now been purchased by Disney, uh, which joins Avalanche Software, Fall Line Studio, Propaganda Games, and Black Rock Studio in producing games for Disney. Another announcement at E3 is that Disney is going to release 35 movies through the Xbox Live system. Everything from Aladdin to Armageddon to Bridge to Terabithia, Deja Vu, and Miramax's The Queen are going to be released. Um, some people have said that you know, Disney teaming up with Microsoft is... Uh, tantamount to treason by abandoning Apple, but Disney's whole mission has been to get content to people uh, on whatever platform they want, wherever they're looking for Disney content. So they're not necessarily abandoning Apple so much as they're supplementing them with Microsoft. Remember, this is only 35 titles they're putting out there. Some quick theater news. Next Thursday, The Little Mermaid is going to begin its pre-Broadway engagement in Denver. And if you're hoping to see Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, you've got about a week and a half. Its final performance is Sunday, July 29th. Next up, we've got a look at the box office. Ratatouille has dropped to third place, pulling in $18 million over the weekend, 
which brings it up to just under $143 million since it opened. Transformers, of course, was number two uh, with $37 million, bringing it to $224 million. And unsurprisingly, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix was the number one movie over the weekend, taking in $77 million to bring its total gross, including its midweek debut, to $139.7 million. Yeah, I saw Harry Potter. Not so much a fan. Uh, well, you know, many people may um, yell and scream at me, but I have not seen any of the Harry Potter movies. So there. I was dragged there by a friend. He's like, you're the only one I can see it with. Will you see it with me? I'll pay for you. I'm like, yeah. It was a good movie to take a nap in, though. I'll tell you that. Okay. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End has dropped from number 11 to number 13, taking in almost $1.4 million, bringing its total to 304.4. Shrek the Third has dropped to number 15, taking in $662,000. It's now up to $318 million. Spider-Man 3 took in $512,000, good for 20th place. Uh, excuse me, good for 18th place bringing its total of $335 million. Other Disney-released movies, uh, Wild Hogs dropped from number 22 to number 28, taking in just $192,000. And Miramax's The Golden Door was in 33rd place, taking in $78,000. The Invisible is number 37 with $45,000. So it looks like Disney's box office is starting to slack off for the summer and there's nothing new coming out until the uh, debut of underdog and miramax is becoming jane on august 3rd do you have any high hopes for underdog not really it looks it'll it'll, it'll, it'll do okay it's not going to do outstanding i think it'll do okay i think it's up there with inspector gadget as far as um the types of people that would enjoy that movie. Probably. Uh, again, you know, they are um, changing around a whole bunch of uh, stuff from the original, and purists will um, be a little disappointed at the changes, but people who don't mind will be entertained, I guess. Well, Mark, I think I'm pretty safe in saying that Whenever Disney takes a hold of a story, purists will never be happy because Disney will always do changes. Well, this is true. They even changed the fairy tales that they did for the um, animated features under Walt. No. Okay. The Trans-Pacific Yacht Race, the large, the large sailboats left from Long Beach in California on Sunday... But Roy E. Disney was not aboard his new pie wagon. Apparently, uh, Roy decided that he had so much of his attention on the crew of Morning Glory, excuse me, the, the crew of Morning Light, which was the team of young sailors that he's making a documentary movie about, that he could not properly concentrate on sailing the pie wagon in his new attempt to take back the record for the fastest trip to Hawaii. So his son, Roy Patrick, is now going to be co-skippering the boat. They 
At last report, we're making good speed, and depending on how the various routes work out, um, they may win the overall time competition. Uh, the boats are expected to pull in somewhere around next Sunday, but we'll see what time they get there. We will hopefully have the race results for you next week. Is this a type of race where you're pretty much in view with the other competitors, or once they launch, you don't see them till the end? It depends. It's possible that they may catch up to each other, or they may keep their distance, uh, depending on what route the uh, wind takes them and what route they decide gives them the best uh, speed. Though the Piwacket is um, really apparently faster than any of the other ships with all of the enhancements that Roy had made to it, so it's likely that they will not catch Piwacket, though they may or may not beat it based on handicap time. And that'll wrap it up for the Mouse Planet Watch this week. Thanks, Mark. Let us know what you think of the show or what you think about any of the Disney news that we're reporting. Email us at podcast at mouseplanet.com or call the toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. Don't forget to fill out our listener survey, which is linked from the podcast page or from the show notes. Please remember to go to the iTunes podcast directory, give us a good rating, and vote on the helpfulness of the other ratings. The higher rating is, the more people will be able to find us. We'd also like to thank West Coast correspondent Andrew Rich and sound editor and audio engineer Stephen Ng. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with more news on Mouse Planet Watch. How would you like to use your podcasting skills to give back to your community? Hello, this is Doug Kay from the Conversations Network, and I'd like to invite you to become a stringer for Podcore.org. Podcore.org is an experiment in crowdsourcing to record audio or video of spoken word events. You tell us where you live and what you can handle, and we'll match you up with great events that need your help to get published online. It's all volunteer, nonprofit, and a great way to use and improve your skills. Just go to Podcore.org today and join our team. Thanks.